1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks, I'm your host Kane Pittman alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast Frank Madden for today's episode that is brought to you by Mikulov Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And I enjoyed this one, Frank, I can tell you what. Uh, this. There's always something oddly fun about games where role players really go off, and this is what the Bucks needed. They needed the role players to step up, and I feel like it's a little bit harsh calling Brook Lopez a role player, given what he's done for this team in the past but we wondered what they were going to do with the starting lineup they brought Bobby Portis in he had a career playoff high 22 Brooke Lopez had a career playoff high 33 and by the way Chris Middleton you might have not realized this because he just did it very quietly 26 13 and 8 Drew Holiday had 25 6 and 13 this was a really really fun performance Frank and dare I say it the Bucks have a chance to win in six
0: <laughs> well the last time we podcasted um it was literally <laughs> <What> the, contrast. <laughs> maybe the nadir of my fandom yeah. as a Bucks fan. I mean, I think I said that on the podcast. Like literally that was like maybe the worst moment of my fandom as a Bucks fan seeing Giannis go down and recording afterwards, not knowing what was going to happen. And I mean, it, in the fan sense, that was a near-death experience for me. <laughs> like I, I had next season flash before my eyes. I had this, this golden opportunity to championship flash before my eyes you know, the possibility of losing Giannis for a year, I I mean, it just was the most devastating possible thing that could happen. And um, I I honestly, like, the last, like, since the Giannis announcement yesterday, I've been like, I don't even care about this series. Like, if we lose, that's okay. Giannis is, you know, his... Right. (laughs) No, I get it. 100%. It's such a bizarre bizarre thing because there's still a chance that he could play in the NBA Finals if the Bucs can get there. And so it's such a bizarre circumstance to be in with both teams missing their best players with Giannis, you know, missing. I mean, Trey obviously suffered an injury that was you know, ugly. and Obviously, him not playing in tonight, you know, that's not an easy thing to come back from. But there was no illusion that Trey Young was going to be, you know, potentially done for, you know, 12 months or something like that. So it was just a matter of like, can he, you know, it was a race against time with Giannis. It was, you know, a race against physics and human anatomy, um, that, that he didn't destroy his, his, his leg. So, you know, I kind of came into this game as a fan, just like, Hey, if they win, that's going to be awesome. I have no expectation. You know, I'm just thankfully Giannis is like going to be okay, which is just strange too. Cause I'm sure everybody, a lot of other people are probably like, no, we got to be greedy. We got to stay alive so that Giannis has a chance to come back. And, um, I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting on Tuesday it seemed like Giannis going down just deflated the team. And it seemed like today um, they came absolutely 100% ready to play and they jumped out on them. Bobby Portis was put in the starting five. And interestingly, I mean, Bobby's takes 20 shots. He's 22 points on 20 shots. Not exactly great efficiency. But his energy, you know, some of the offensive rebounding, even some of his passing, uh, he got three steals. You know he was passable defensively, I mean the Bucks didn't have a, a good defensive game by any stretch, but they did enough. Atlanta did hit a bunch of threes, and you know I think again we you know you almost sort of take for granted that Chris and drew are going to come up and step up. Um, I don't think we necessarily should you know twenty six points on twenty shots, thirteen rebounds, eight assists, a couple steals from chris twenty five on twenty shots, thirteen assists, six rebounds from. Uh, from drew those guys combined only had three turnovers in 42 and 45 minutes i mean those guys were were great but we kind of felt like okay they have to do that and then to get the nights that brooke and bobby had um and especially brooke i mean 14 of 18 from the field 14 out of 16 on twos um he was just everywhere four blocks and held up in a switching a switch everything scheme from the start which um i'm, I'm curious if folks are going to ask bud about that after the game I, my guess was that maybe it was just an effort to just try to simplify things for everybody. Um, And, and I thought both him and Bobby, you know, held up well enough. (laughs) And obviously the Hawks not having Trey, um, you know, that obviously limits them to to an extent to how much they can, they can really attack uh, the defense. So, yeah, I mean, just a feel good night for this team um, to, you know, I feel like the psychology of knowing that, that you might get Giannis back at some point, you know, has to be something of a motivating factor for these guys because they know that they don't have to go out and win two playoff series without Giannis necessarily. At least there's a chance that he might come back at some point in the playoff. So um, just a a big, a big, big hat tip to um, to really, I mean, the starting five, right? They're, they're the ones that did this. <laughs> you know, you look at the box score. Everything really came from the starting five. I think, what, 106 points, I think, out of... Uh, one hundred twenty-three, I think, came from Middleton, Lopez, Portis, and Holiday. And disrespectful
1: um, to PJ Tucker with the five points, including a very fi- nice reverse layup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Eleven rebounds for PJ. Yeah, Shout out yeah. to PJ for that. Um,
0: so yeah, I mean, again, like it's it's just kind of it's been such a roller coaster of emotions the last two and a half days. Like to be sitting here up three-two uh, in the East Finals with again i don't know when giannis might actually be able to come back i don't expect him to come back next game um it, it's just again you got two chances to win one game and go to the nba finals and um you know worry about <laughs> that matchup and whether you can hang on and whether giannis can come back you worry about that later um but obviously big credit to to this team just for coming out the way they did and you know bud pulled the right strings and um you just can't say enough i think about the the effort and just the way they came out and, and sustained it throughout the game. I thought they, they responded at times. They never really blew the doors off Atlanta, give the Hawks credit, um, but they did enough and ultimately was you know, a relatively comfortable win.
1: So what they do, and you know, I kind of make the joke about Bucks in six because obviously you know that that's what Bucks fans are going to be talking about for the next couple of days here, but you know, they give themselves two shots now to get to the NBA Finals. And no, you don't want to go to Game 7 if you can help it. Obviously, you want to avoid that. But that's where the home court advantage is going to come in because we speak about it all the time. But we've seen it over the last three games now. Quick starts. You get the crowd involved. Everyone feels good. The role players start to really feel like they can have an impact in the game. We certainly saw that with Bobby Portis tonight. But to me, uh, looking at Giannis on the bench, I mean, yes, he was standing the entire game, which was about as predictable as anything could be. But I think the fact that he did no basketball activities today and even just walking down the tunnel at the end of the game, he, he's not walking normally. So listen, I, I'm personally, and this is, this is no inside info, I, I just don't expect that he's going to come back and play this series. But as you pointed to, the motivation of trying to give him a chance, maybe in a week's time, to come back and play, I'm certainly never going to doubt the, the healing powers of that man because he's proven himself to be superhuman throughout his career so far. But before this game, I basically looked at these two teams and I said, okay, well, we know what the situation is. We've spoken about it all year long. The Bucs gave up a fair bit of their depth, even though if you look in in recent postseason runs, the rotation has always ended up shortening, even though you felt that they had a deep team. But the top end of the Bucs just looked like, even without Giannis, you were still going to outmatch Atlanta, and even more so without Trey. It's not really that close. But I think we do look at Brook, and because of the role that he plays when Giannis is in the lineup, and that it's, it's complicated. You can't just have him standing in the paint the whole game. You can't just have him as a role man option throughout the night. It just doesn't really work with Giannis there. But I think over the course of the last few years, we have enjoyed the fact that at in stretches, the Bucks have gone to Brook Lopez when either Giannis has been on the bench or Giannis hasn't been playing. And it took about three minutes to realize that he could potentially have a big night in this one. And I think a lot of credit has to go to Drew and Chris again, particularly Drew in that first quarter for for penetrating. He knows one-on-one, Drew Holiday, that with this lineup, with the guys they have on the floor, he can physically get to wherever he wants in the paint. And then when he gets to a dangerous spot where it looks like it's a gimme for him, he was dumping it off the brook. He threw that nice lob for the huge one-handed alley-oop from Brook Lopez. So, look, again... Brook Lopez hasn't lost his touch around the basket. He hasn't lost his ability to dominate in this way. It's just complicated when Giannis is out there. So to see the Bucs have this option, and this is why on yesterday's podcast when I was talking with Justin, I said, look, Brook Lopez might be the key here, not only defensively, and I think it changes when, when Trey wasn't playing, and that might change again in game six if he comes back. It asks a lot more challenges defensively. But offensively, they've got a legitimate third guy, and they can use him in a way that they wouldn't, typically use if Giannis was there. So, yeah, I was pumped to see Brook Lopez. I mean, just looking through uh, the points that he had, he scored 34 points in a game against Dallas going back a couple of seasons ago in the regular season, which I actually can't remember that performance. But if, as far as playoff performances go, his previous career playoff high was 29 points, which came in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors back in 2019. But he was monstrous. And even though they have Capella out there, even though they have John Collins... They didn't. I mean, they didn't have anyone that looked like they were even capable of slowing him down, or to be honest, making him even slightly uncomfortable once he got the ball down there. All right, betonline.ag time, Frank, and uh, listen. If you are someone that is into betting, I feel like this has been one of the great roller coaster rides this postseason. It continues, but you can keep up with all the odds because it is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action, uh, whether it's the NBA, baseball season's in full swing, NHL, UFC, and MMA as well you can catch it all over at bet online on your laptop or mobile device don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the teams continue their run through the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's bet online your online sportsbook experts Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season.
0: I was talking to someone before the game and I, I said, you know, this is this is the night for, you know, inside Brook Lopez, right? Like for for the guy that, you know, we talked about a lot that that he was playing increasingly in the paint in the second half of the season. Um, and then that really, we, we saw a lot less of that in, especially that second round series. Mm -hmm. He had, I think he had some, some performance against Miami, but, um, but in that second round series, you know, the first game and the last game, he played really big roles. And last game was a lot of it was around his three point shooting. But, um, but as you said, I mean, there's just not a lot of room for him to be a role man. There's not a lot of room for him to be, you know, sort of standing around in the paint and making himself available and cutting. Cause that's kind of Giannis's role. And that's sort of where Giannis is playing. Um, and tonight it was Brooke, you know, cutting in from uh, from the elbow when Drew was sort of, you know, penetrating and and tight roping along the baseline there, which we've seen Giannis exploit for dunks. Tonight it was Drew, or sorry, tonight it was Brooke. Uh, and then, you know, we, we've seen, especially Chris and Brooke have had really good lob chemistry for a couple of years, but we saw Drew really taking advantage of just, you know, penetrating and then with the defense off kilter a little bit, just throwing it up near the basket and just letting Brooke used that enormous standing reach to go up and, and get it. So, um, so yeah, I, I think just, you know, we know he's capable of, of doing these things around, uh, you know, around the basket in addition to stepping away from it. And I think certainly, you know, having um, a starting five where everybody can credibly shoot three-pointers, including Bobby – it obviously just changes the geometry of the floor for Brooke. And I think it's, you know, it's Giannis being out. Brooke is the one guy who, who really clearly benefits from that, aside from Bobby just getting playing time. But Brooke is the obvious guy who benefits because everybody who wants to shoot threes benefits from playing with Giannis, right? Because of his gravity. But that gravity also means there just isn't as much room inside. And I think it's worth noting. I mean, it's not like Brooke was just like, you know, going down on the block and just putting his arm up and, and just pounding the ball in and, and really kind of typical like low post stuff. I don't know if we saw any really just like straight up typical, like low post type play from Brooke. Mm -hmm. Um, They ran actions to get him like deep catches and he had, you know, just some, some real nice finishes around the basket. I mean that, that one sort of like emergency little flip shot uh, in the fourth quarter when Middleton was almost trapped and he flung it inside and Brooke sort of just almost blindly threw it up uh, from about seven feet out. Um, You know, those like maybe ultimately look a little bit like post catches or, or post shots. uh, But for the most Mm -hmm. part, you know, he was kind of doing it in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, I think, again, Giannis being out forces the Bucks to, I think, have to play better offensively. Like, they have to move the ball. They have to drive and kick. You know, they can't rely on the crutch of Giannis just being incredible and, and creating things from nothing or just, you know, posting up, facing up, and, and just creating for himself. So, um, again, you're always better with Giannis <laughs> than without him, to be clear. But um, at least on, on some nights – you know, I think there there are some some side benefits to that. And we've seen that with the Atlanta too, right? We've seen that since Trey has gone out, they've had stretches where I think they move the ball and they lose some of the stagnancy that maybe they have when they're just all sort of sitting around watching Trey and waiting for him to go go create a bucket. So, um, yeah, I, 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 it was just a, a really fun game for Brooke, who, again, you know, we've talked about. And, and the other reason I think why Brooke, I thought, was, was really the kind of X factor is because we've seen kind of alternating games where Brooke is either – defensively, like the anchor who's like, you know, snuffing everything out or, hmm, well, Atlanta's getting in, they're making runners, they're creating the bucks in pick and roll, and you really need to go to a, a smaller switching lineup with Giannis and PJ as the bigs. Well, you didn't have that option <laughs> tonight. So you, you, you damn well better make it work with Brooke because you didn't mm-hmm. have an option to kind of pull that ripcord to go small. And so the fact that, you know, I thought it was very interesting that they didn't even really try to play – much of any of the, the kind of zone drop stuff that we're used to. And, um, you know, as we, as we've said, people have been trying to trade Brooke bench, Brooke, you know, uh, not playing in fourth quarters. And, you know, sometimes the, the fourth quarter stuff absolutely is the right decision, right? There are going to be times we've seen it in the series where playing small makes more sense. Um, but I think, I think we saw it tonight, Brooke has been a consistent playoff guy. You can't always be, be the perfect 35 minute per game guy, but, Um, he has never been afraid of the moment in, in the playoffs since he's been in Milwaukee. And, you know, again, this series, he's, he's obviously been really key in, in helping the Bucs in each of those wins and, and here giving them a chance. I mean, it's crazy to say he's, he's given them a chance. They're one win away from the NBA finals, which, you know, again, if you told us the Bucs would be playing the Hawks without Giannis, and Trey Young and Brooke Lopez would be given the Bucs a chance at, you know, a closeout game to go to the NBA finals. I mean, who writes this crap, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just bizarre, but, but here we are. And, um, you know, thankfully Chris and, and Drew bounced back and, and played well. And thankfully uh, Brooke and, and Bobby were, were those, those key swing, you know, the swing boats, if you will, in, in terms of really stepping up and, you know, Bucks pretty, pretty much outscored the Hawks for the most part tonight, but I th- thought the Hawks also made some tough shots you know, Gallinari, some of the three point shooting, you know, you kind of, there were, some, there were a number of sort of tip your cap type shots from the Hawks tonight, which, you know, especially, especially when you're scoring the way the Bucs were, you know, Hey, and the day you live with it, you take the win and you, you give yourself that chance. One out of two,
1: by the way, the Bucks finished the night, nine for 29 from three so still only 31 percent. and yet anytime they hit multiple threes right now it feels like the floodgates have opened it feels like it, it, it feels like everything is back to normal and then you look at the box score at the end of the night and you're like geez they kind of shot the ball pretty shit again here didn't they but they had some timely ones in this game i'll say that uh by the way you mentioned something uh, just a few minutes ago there. And look, it took us 10 minutes to get to the point here. But I, I think we're both in the camp that um, tonight's result probably doesn't mean you trade Giannis. Uh, I think that that's um, fair to say. I, th- I think we would still like to see that guy back in the lineup at some point. But I tell you what happened tonight, Frank, and this is, this is real. This is something that, that happens time and time and time again. And we saw it in Game 4 against Atlanta. When you don't have a superstar, It's predictable that the team is going to show up in the opening minutes. And I did a radio spot in Milwaukee pregame with Rami over on the fan. And he said, What do you expect from tonight? And I said, I don't know who's going to win the game. But the one thing that I know is going to happen is that the Bucs will start well because they're going to come out, they're going to be focused. There's going to be none of this game four let down. Oh, I think we can win this game. No, they're going to be desperate. Guys are going to want to step up and play for Giannis. And I think for that reason, it was a smart move to put Bobby Portis in the lineup because you know, at least simply from an energy standpoint, he's going to be there and he's going to be wound up to 110. And I think we saw it on the offensive glass, particularly early in this game where it was all out attack, whether it was Tucker, Portis, Lopez, they were just more desperate than Atlanta and they wanted those offensive opportunities. And despite the fact they missed a bunch of threes early in the game or early in the first quarter and they were actually four for 17 at halftime, they kept themselves in it with the second chance points. And on the night, they ended up scoring 19. They actually got outscored in second chance points, 23 to 19. It evened out as the night went on, but I thought it was critical to start Because the other thing that the Bucs are being forced to do in this series is play in the half court because the Hawks are not letting them get a fast break opportunity at all. They are just fouling as soon as it looks like there's even a semi-transition possession. And I thought that might change with Giannis out of the lineup, but it certainly hasn't. And I think part of that is because they know that a guy like Bobby Portis is going to run the floor. We've said it before, this guy runs the floor as well as any big man in the league. And I... I just really loved watching this guy play again tonight. I mean, we've said it. I understand why he's a fan favorite because of all the little things he does. And he had me in stitches again tonight. He was hitting shots and he just had a huge smile on his face. He looked like he, was, he wanted to pop the ball in his hands at some point. He, he was in a scrap with John Collins and he looked like John Collins was trying to steal his youngest child and he was, about to, he was willing to kill him to get that ball back. And then he does these funny things, which I mentioned the other day, that uh, I think Bogdanovich defended him pretty well, and he gives him a pat on the back. He's like, yeah, good defense, man. Well done. Later on in the game, Kevin Herter blocked him in the transition play, and he literally <laughs> I high-fived knew you're gonna him. I knew you were going to bring that up. He high-fived <laughs> him. I'm just like, this <laughs> I knew guy's the best. Bring- He's the best. I knew
0: you were going to bring that up. I, I, when he did that, I was like, oh, Kane and I are going to have to talk about that one. That was like classic, you know, <laughs> slap, slappy in the ass, Bobby Portis move right there.
1: He's the best, honestly, and that's why I was thinking about it as this game went on, and we don't know how this playoff run is going to end, but the one thing that we do know um, for sure is that you know Bobby Portis and PJ Tucker are heading for free agency, and for guys that have been here for under 12 months, I think they're going to be Milwaukee legends forever, no matter what happens here. I mean, the way that they play, the contributions they've had in postseason play, um, those two guys in particular have just been so much fun. It's built by time, Frank, and I can't believe it. I just got this ridiculous tweet. I I wish I had the handle up. Someone tried to tell me that those summer shandy beers, which, by the way, isn't even a beer. It's it's ridiculous. I I bring this up because there was a, a Bucks fan that apparently threw down a couple consecutive summer shandies, which is just horrible. I drank them to fit in at Summerfest, but uh, they're not good at all. So I want to get that on the record. And this tweet has said that they're better than Built Bars, which is the the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. There's nine flavors. They're all as good as each other. I mean, they're all magnificent. I can't even explain to you how tasty a Built Bar is, but you need to get involved because they're healthy for you as well. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. We've got a great deal. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So don't mess around and get on top of this. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at com.
0: You know, again, like you look at the box score and it's like, man, Bobby actually missed a lot of shots. And Mm. that's sort of been the story of Bobby's career actually before Milwaukee. This year, he was really efficient as a scorer, not shocking given the three-point percentage he had, but... You know, he's always been a guy who he doesn't go to the foul line very much, and he takes lots of mid-range jumpers and doesn't take lots of threes. And obviously, previously, he wasn't, you know, a forty-five, forty-seven percent three-point shooter. But you know, he's a guy who sort of is like sneaky, not as efficient as you like, just because he does take a lot of those mid-range jump shots that you know he misses them and is like, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's not an easy shot. Um, but I, I think I, I don't want to get caught up in that, right? Um, because I, I think as you said. The energy in the building, you know, I'd I'd love to, you know, people that that made it out to the game tonight tweet at us. I want I want to, you know, hear hear how people felt like the game was inside the building. Um, Bobby is an energizer and he, you know, he was he was urging the fans to get into it at various points and people, you know, the 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 crowd responds to him. And you know, let's be honest, Pfizer reputation of Pfizer Forum is not that it's one of the best buildings in the league as far as crowds and energy goes. And um, I think Bobby and the way he plays and just that, you know, (laughs) kinship he has with the fans, the Bobby, Bobby, Bobby chance. It was awesome to see. And uh, you know, the fact that he was, you know, he strips Lou Williams in a, in a one, one-on-one ISO situation. He has three steals on the night. Um, You know, he just did, did enough of those little things on top of, you know the scoring, the kind of microwave scoring stuff that we're used to, and um, you know, it, it's just it, it's just such a fun thing to see because you know let's be honest, especially last series there was nothing from the bench like role player type guys, and it's it's just fun to see you know someone other than well last series it was really just Chris and Giannis or Chris and Giannis right because Drew didn't even like play remotely well for most of that net series so for drew to be stepping up and playing much better this series obviously he's had peaks and valleys but drew to be stepping up chris to can you know continuing to play at a high level and then you get brooke you know really filling the void for Giannis, basically putting up a Giannis stat line right i mean 33 points on 18 shots seven rebounds four blocks i mean you know he pretty much just replaced your mvp numbers right there and for bobby to come in as well and and do what he does and bring some of that like Intangible energy type stuff is it's just been a lot of fun, and you know, again, rest of the bench, not much to talk about. I don't think we want to dwell on it, but um Brent Forbes, man, <laughs> I remember talking at the beginning of the playoffs. Someone was talking about like what it would take to you know get bring back Forbes and and Portis, and I said, well, probably you, know, you have basically the tax player mid level. You can probably you, you can maybe keep one, um, and man, Forbes <laughs> Forbes had that terrific first series, but. I mean, the, the, the effort the Bucks had to make to hide him defensively tonight and the way they were running, running scram switches and all that stuff, and, you know, and he hits a three in the, in the fourth quarter, which was a, a nice pressure relief valve three, but one out of four, three points, minus six in 14 minutes. He's just not worth playing right now unless he you – know, he's just not doing enough offensively to merit playing. And, again, I'm sure he's going to get his shot in game six. You cross your fingers, maybe game six. Is, is that the game where Brooke, Bryn Forbes – you know, finally has like his breakout and he hits five out of seven threes or something like that. Like, you know, it's almost when these things you want to give him like five minutes in the first half just to see if he's, see if he's on. Um, but again, this is now the second straight series where he's been pretty much a zero and defensively, it's just, it's just really hard, even with Atlanta missing Trey to kind of hide him. And you know, speaking of small guys, Jeff Teague, four minutes had three assists, which I totally I didn't pick up on, but bad turnover got blocked once and just generally was like get him off my tv that was (laughs) that was my reaction to Jeff Teague in the first half and thankfully we didn't see him in the second half but um and then Thanasis three fouls in three minutes and just like Gallo could have fouled him out in you know eight minutes if 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 they had just kept running actions for Gallo Gallo was I can't believe Gallo was only five out of 11 from the field scores 19 points because he shoot shoot seven out of seven with the foul line but he was big for them. Bogdanovich hit a bunch of threes. He was big for them. Um, but yeah, Thanasis, like, not a good night for the hey, Thanasis can play actual playoff minutes, uh, you know, uh, crowd. So um, I think, again, appreciate Thanasis' energy, but what, maybe let's just rely on Bobby for the, <laughs> for the energy, because yeah. Thanasis is just, like, against skill guys who know how to draw fouls, like Gallo, like Thinassus just he just can't control himself, and Again, shouldn't have been on the court, and then he blew a switch in the second half. Uh, didn't get matched up, and Bud literally yanked him. What like he was in the on the game like one possession, I think, and then he got benched because he blew another defensive assignment, which we've seen uh, multiple times in this series. So, anyway, some some low lights from from a couple of the uh, couple of the role players, but overall, um, you know, this was this was a, a night where everybody should should be excited. And I'll say it again: we've said it a number of times. You know, Game Seven obviously was was one of those nights, like. The shelf life of these games is, you know, 24 hours seemingly before you just start getting nervous about the next one. But enjoy this game. Enjoy this performance. You know, we don't know what's going to happen on on Saturday. We don't know. Uh, you know, you hope that you can somehow get a win and go to the NBA finals. But um, who knows, right? Like, these playoffs have been so unpredictable. So you just have to enjoy them for what they are. And, you know, I I think, again, you look at the Bucks tonight and you just have to feel really good about you know the effort they had, the response they had, and um, obviously a couple, you know, a number of guys stepping up that that were really needed.
1: Yeah, just on the rotation because I know particularly once you get to game six of the, or game five of the Eastern conference finals, the anxiety is ramped up big time. Anytime you see, as you mentioned, Jeff Teague out there and he had a couple of rough moments. I must admit, I, I can't remember the three assists either. I, I must have been maybe purposely not trying to see uh, those there. I'm not hundred percent sure, but Yeah, we were discussing it a little bit and it's very clear like what Bud was trying to do. I mean, Thanasis less so, though Pat Connaughton was picking up a bunch of fouls as well. Um, This is the problem when you have two starters out, Giannis and also Dante. Again, I'll keep saying it, hasn't been spoken enough. That's a big loss for the Bucs in terms of even just having that few minutes of ball handling because what we've seen is that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday right now are your guys that have to do all the ball handling and all the creating with Giannis out. And that's kind of the part of the offense and the part of the, I don't know if this even makes sense, but the energy sharing that the guys have where they can take a little bit of a break where they don't have to be bringing the ball up the court up against the pressure for the entire four quarters. And I don't think you can really look at the minutes in this game and say, well, geez, bud was, was, you know, not great on the rotations there because you still got 42 minutes from Drew, 45 from Chris, and then uh, PJ, Bobby, and Brooke were all 35 plus. So I I think he just wanted to see whether he could get some first half uh, minutes for, yeah. for Chris and Drew not handling the ball because they, they just don't have another guy. So so yeah, it was a tough watch. There's no question about that. But I, I sense that's what he was trying to do. And that was a little less frustrating than what felt like in game one of the last two series where he legitimately thought he could play Jeff Teague as a role in a series when you had Giannis in the lineup. That, uh, it felt a little bit different to me, but no doubt I still understand um, the frustration there. And, and just one other th- thing I was curious about how you felt defensively, because you've brought this up before, and I, I think it's absolutely right. I think it's been across the course of his entire time in Milwaukee. But Brook Lopez has been sneakily... Possible, switchable. Possible, yeah, possible. when when, he, when he's switching, yeah, I mean, like he he he's not someone that when he's out on the perimeter on a Bogdanovich type player, where you're like, oh man, he's toast here. It's not really the case. He generally does a relatively good job. And then if if they get by him, you can rely on the help. Like he's not getting blown by so quickly that it's an open layup. I think again a big reason, and look, we know that they've tried to push opposition teams into those mid-range shots, into the tough floaters, we get that, but again, when you come back to conserving energy, it's 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 just a little bit more energy-consuming for a guy like Brook Lopez when he's out on the perimeter on every defensive play. I mean, that's just just natural, and I think that's also been why playing Giannis at the 5 for an entire 40 minutes per game would be a, a take a big toll on Giannis when he has to be out there on the perimeter. So, I think that It was the right option to do tonight, particularly when Trey wasn't there. If he's there, I think it changes the calculus a little bit because he's a better passer, he's more creative, he's more uh, able to get in and penetrate around whatever crowd is, is around him. But I thought tonight it made sense. And at least, you know, it prevented us seeing that awful Bobby Portis, uh, Brooke Lopez, no one knows whether they're dropping or they're both dropping or one switching. We didn't have to see that tonight, which I was thankful for. But, but I, I you know, I mean, you said it. They hit some shots. They scored 112 points. It wasn't exactly a defensive clinic. But but I thought it was possible. I thought those guys did a decent job.
0: Yeah, and going back to your previous point about IT, like I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, Giannis is, is obviously playing, you know, power forward and center in 40-plus in plus minutes every night. But he also, when you get those, you know, sort of early second quarter minutes, when maybe you're trying to steal some blow for Chris or or Drew, you know, he'll bring the ball up. And again, he's not like an elite ball hander role for this team, but from time to time, he obviously will do that where he'll initiate offense. And, you know, you can sort of let guys rest a little bit, even when they're playing to some extent, because you can sort of have Giannis do different things. And, And again, not to say that like, oh, you want Giannis bringing the ball up and initiating the offense all the time. But, you know, I think, their spell, especially when you're having to play really big minutes for drew and chris where that's i think that's helpful because they don't have to exert as much effort i thought it was interesting you know we i thought reddish again looked like he was bothering chris um and mm-hmm. for chris to sort of fight through that and find angles and you know he had his one turnover was a really bad turnover like you remember it was i think it was in the second quarter maybe first quarter second quarter it was in the first half and he just like literally dribbled up and then literally just like you know, biffed the ball away and it led to a fast break the other way. Um, but that was the only turnover he had all night long, only two fouls, only one turnover, eight assists, some terrific passing again, Chris Middleton always underrated as a passer. Um, and, and you know, he's the guy I've said the last few years, I think he's the bucks, best passer drew great passing night for him as well. Hey, if they want to compete for the title of best passer on the bucks, I'm thrilled about it. Um, but I thought, you know, it was important that Chris find a rhythm against Reddish in particular. And he hit that dead straightaway three-pointer early in the fourth quarter on Reddish. That I don't know if it was a great shot, especially the way Chris has been shooting the three ball the last couple of games. Um, but he buried it. And it was, you know, again, important for the Bucs to sort of keep keep the Hawks at, at arm's length. And I think that was where, you know, the three-point shooting was, was poor again. But you could make the argument it was timely at times. Um, you know, late in the second quarter, they hit two threes. I think it was PJ and I don't know if it was Drew or somebody, but, or maybe Bobby, but they get a couple threes late in the second quarter. Unfortunately, they screw up the last eight seconds. They give up uh, a basket and then give the ball away on the inbounds and Collins ends up hitting a three after Bobby gambles on the ensuing, uh, inbound. So not a great close to the second quarter, only lead by nine when it felt like they should have been leading by a lot more three point shooting differential is a big part of that. Um, but, you know, they stayed in control, and I think there was a point – I think the Hawks got within six. I think it was in the third quarter. And Drew then immediately hit a three-pointer, and it got it back up to nine. And, you know, it kind of kept Atlanta from feeling like, hey, we're, we're right in this, right? You kind of kept them at that, like, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-point differential pretty much um, at least the rest of the game. And um, so it wasn't like a blowout by any stretch. Um, but it, it was comfortable, which, let's be honest, I think as fans we needed a comfortable, somewhat comfortable win tonight um, after you know, just the, the roller coaster emotions of, of the last couple of days. So, yeah, um, I think if you're the Hawks, though, probably you, know, you feel good about seeing Bogdanovich. 10 out of 22, 28 points. I mean, not like his, the best game of his life. He took a ton of shots. But 7 out of 16 from 3, he seems like he's finally showing some signs Looked like he might have dinged his, like, banged his knee at one point, and then he missed a few shots. But he um, he hit at least one or two thereafter uh, later in the game as well. So maybe some signs of life there. Um, you know, I thought Reddish, again, like, defensively does a nice job at least putting some pressure on Chris. And, you know, he's a – I mean, Reddish is just one of these guys, like, never has been an efficient scorer. Like, even his high school stats, like, he shockingly was, like, inefficient and couldn't make two-point shots, like, in high school and at Duke and – and in the NBA, like he's just always one of these guys who just misses tons of shots and three out of five tonight, seven points. Um, I, I'm, I'm still, I, I demand the basketball gods give me like the two for 11 camera at shooting game that, that he, he must provide because of his, you know, everything we know about him. But, um, but I don't know. So anyway, we've got 48 hours until game six and Kane, can can we just get the Bucks one outlier shooting game? Can we just can we oh, dial that in for Game Six? Can we please get the Bucks to frickin' make a ton of threes and just shoot the lights out for a game? Because um you know you're not playing Yan Giannis probably isn't playing so he's he's not going to be bricking threes for you. So everybody else c- come ready to make some threes on on Saturday and you know come on let's let's surprise surprise Atlanta a little bit because uh, certainly um, their crowd's going to be into it and rocking and um. You know, but but you only get so many chances at a, at a closeout game to go to the NBA Finals.
1: I describe Bryn Forbes every time he touches the ball like he's got a bomb in his hand, and the only way he can disarm the bomb is if he quickly lets go of it and it hits rim. And and so I don't know what that means when he actually hits one because it feels like he hasn't been hitting them. But again, I mean, he just has to work so hard to get these shots. It feels like, and you would love to see him hit six threes in Game Six. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, it's funny because. All season long, and this has been the case, um, I have people that, that tweet at me, and I'm sure you are the same, and just general Bucks fans chat on Twitter, and they'll be like, what about Jordan Mora? Or, well, you know, earlier in the season, I was like, is it Sam Merrill time? And during the regular season, it was kind of funny because they were always shooting the ball well. But now I got a little bit of it the last couple of days since Giannis was out, particularly with Jordan Wara. And, and, you know, I mean, no, I, I don't think that they should go to Jordan Wara. But I, I can't really knock anyone for, like, saying that because they just desperately want someone that has potential of hitting <laughs> a couple of threes. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not knocking anyone for their opinion for feeling that way. It has been brutal, which brings me, to the draft, Frank, I don't know how much you're thinking about pick 31 in the draft right now, but... Uh, Not
0: at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Starting start July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey uh, features analysis from the Goat of NBA jo- Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager, Ryan McDonough, uh, Locked On NBA Local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. Uh, Frank, as we wrap this up, listen, it's it's such a, a cliche basketball term, the, the pivotal Game 5, but the numbers suggest it's it's pivotal. When the teams that win this Game 5 put themselves in a great position to win the series Uh, this feels a little bit different because we don't know about Trey Young in particular from an Atlanta perspective but nonetheless when you have home court now you give yourself two opportunities you don't even want to have to come back to Milwaukee but you get a chance to close it out on the road you can really steal your focus we know the Phoenix Suns are waiting for the winner of this series but after as you said the last 48 hours and just such the weird feeling. Like, I 100% agree with you. I was like, listen, I'm so relieved right now that we don't have to face a 2022 season without Giannis that this game almost feels inconsequential. Of course, once it started rolling, that changed for me. And I was like, all right, let's get to the finals. That's, you know what? The, the final sounds pretty damn cool to me. I'm looking out at the deer district. There's people ripping their shirts off and, and crowd surfing and, and chucking down beers. I was like, all right, these people deserve this. Let's get to the finals and stop messing around. But um, what a crazy few days we've had frank i'm glad we're in this moment right now
0: i i mean i just when you think you know <laughs> oh, God. what's gonna happen with the season like something else happens so i'm i'm just i give up i don't know what's gonna happen next i hope it ends up with us having more happy podcast game but i don't know and whatever happens it's been a hell of a ride brother <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i mean crazy insane and even you bringing up the miami series now it feels like it was decades ago I, f- I feel like i was 18 years old when the bucks beat miami in that series but it's been it's been a long ride and and hopefully we've still got a couple of weeks left here uh, it is the weekend tomorrow so uh, no podcast just listen to this one three times if you want if that's if that's what you're into but we'll be back after game six with the post game show as usual and then rolling through if there's a game seven or rolling through to the finals we're going to be with you guys the whole time uh, we will get a green room episode here I've had a few people ask me so you guys uh, and girls can come on and, and give us your thoughts of what's gone down in the last few days as well but we're happy tonight the Bucks are back on the road in Atlanta with a chance to win the series in six we can't wait to watch that game thank you all for listening For Frank and myself we'll catch you guys after game six